What's up, guys? Alex here, AJNashville.com. Don't laugh at me, Luis. Why not? I Ob- like laughing. Obviously, we got Luis in the house here. I hope everyone's having a great Friday. Luis is over here having an incredible Friday, aren't you? Oh, yeah. It's a good nice Friday. teary-eyed Friday. It's, it's always a great day to be alive. A teary-eyed Friday. You know, I want to say something. Luis had a, a, a closing today that mm-hmm. I think was really impactful, and it wasn't necessarily the closing itself, although it was great to honor a person and be able to close a deal for a person who spent how many years as a U.S. Marshal? A lot. A I think like 30. A time. I mean, it, he's it, retired from it. And a Marine. So, uh, his Marine, Army National Guard. Yeah, this this man wore many suits. And, you know, imagine going 30 years of dealing with some of the worst people on earth. I mean, you're literally dealing with, with America's fugitives. Like, that's your job. They don't call you up and say, hey, Luis got a speeding ticket and didn't show up to court. We need you to go <laughs> get him, you know? Like, this is somebody that's dealing with the scum of the earth. But you had an impactful situation. You went to a place called Mission Barbecue. Those of you that don't know, Mission Barbecue is a, a very, very, very supportive place for our military. Military, government, yeah, I mean, firefighters, firefighters, police officers. You name it. Yeah, they're, they're, it's an incredible outfit. It's an incredible company. You went to lunch there for the first time. I did. I had no idea what I was, I was being drawn into. Yeah, it was great. Did he? Was he like, hey, man, I got to take you to this place? Yeah, but, well, he started to take me to Steak and Shake first. Like, hey, we're gonna go to Steak and Shake, and then he, and then he changed his mind last second when I was getting in the car. Yeah, and he was like, he goes, "We're going to Mission Barbecue. Have you ever been there?" And I'm like, "No." Yeah. He goes, "Oh man, you're gonna love it." Oh yeah. And I did. Yeah. Uh, it brought back um, lots and lots of memories. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was a big thing for you know I've I've been fortunate to experience it. And when I say fortunate, you know, they do something very special at noon. What is it that they do? Uh, they sing the national anthem. National Everybody anthem comes on. And Everybody exits the building, you. right? Uh, no, not everybody. I mean, some people did. Yeah. But everybody kind of just generally stayed right there inside and stood up at their table. Right, right. So it's a very special thing to see, you know. And, and I think that, like I said, if, if you haven't eaten there, it's definitely a place to check out. Check it out around noon. I'm sure they do the national anthem begin later on. Yeah, make afternoon. sure you get there about 1130. Yeah. I, would, I mean, I'd get there about 1130. That's what time we got there. Yep. And then you got a USO cup. Now, this is something that most people, you know how it's just a cup. But that has a little more meaning to you than it does to most people. When you went and, and you were going to get just a regular old cup, and he said what? He said hey, you need to to take this USO Cup, yeah. right? Yeah, he was like, no, he's going to get the Big Boy Cup. Big Boy Cup. It's like, all right. You know, the USO, the more I look into it, the more that I find that they do some incredible things for our servicemen and women. You know, I, I, do. I think that it's an incredible organization to support, but, you know, you, you've had kind of a rough day because of it. You're good to go now, right? Oh, well, I haven't had a rough day. Not it's rough, just, but a day. It's just uh... – just lots of memories looking at all those patches. Yeah, I know? get it. I, well, I say I get it. I don't get it. Um, I don't think that's something a civilian could ever get. But, you know, the the biggest thing is, and that's kind of something we were going to talk about today anyways, you know, we're going to reflect upon the the muster that I went to in Denver, which was a incredible event. You know, I was wondering how that went. The the muster was, was awesome. Yeah. Like, there is not anything – I mean – I'm literally sitting in there with some of America's greatest heroes. You know, Jocko Willink, Leif Babin, uh, our very own Andrew Paul was up there. Mm-hmm. You know, all SEAL Team 3 um, members, all people that have retired from the military. 
And the the greatest thing about this muster, you know, I've been to a lot of training events and a lot of training events are like, hoorah, yeah, we're good. You know, we're the top salespeople. Here's how you do this and blah, blah, blah. This was a meeting about sacrifice. There was a storyline to it, you know. You start to get a feel, and I don't think that I could get this feel from other places, but a feel for what real sacrifice means, you know. Mm -hmm. As a civilian, you sit on the sidelines and you tend to watch this and you think, wow, you know, that's that's sacrifice. But when they really get into it and they bury into it and they start talking about it, and then you surround yourself with these people that have they they've literally made life or death decisions, not only for themselves, but for the people that they lead. You know, and it's crazy to sit there in a room full of people that have been so influential in people's lives. You know, Mm -hmm. that was one of the things when I came over to Benchmark. um, One of the things I told Andrew initially was, you know, I'm going to trust you. And, you know, if if there was a group of men and women that would trust you to lead them into battle, I have 110% faith in you that you'll trust to lead me the right direction in business, you know. And the scales of those things are two very opposite scales. And one is dwarfed by the other, clearly. But, you know, being in there, learning those lessons, every time somebody spoke, it seemed like another person spoke about something that had a different impact. You know, Mm -hmm. imagine just being there and and you feel like you're like, man, that was the most impactful story. And then the next guy gets up and you're like, wow, that one was the most impactful. You know, and and the big thing with events like that is a lot of them, you get to them, you sit down and the speaker speaks and then everyone stands up and they clap and then you leave the room and the speaker disappears and you don't see him till the next day or you don't see him until the next session. In this case, these people, like, I don't think these people took a piss the whole time. Like, I didn't <laughs> see them, you know, duck off. They went from the stage to the crowd, from the crowd to the stage. And this happened for two days straight. Uh, one of the impactful things now, I weaned out and, and I knew you knew I would, but I at least went to one of the PT sessions. And it started, you know, you had to be downstairs about 4.30 in the morning. And you walk you, you walk a small distance, nothing crazy. You know, they have people directing you. And you get out there, and they're on bullhorns. And they're telling you, and, you, and the, the day I attended, you had five stations or five different workouts back to back to back five times. And so, oh, I'm sorry, it was four on this one. So it was jumping jacks, uh, burpees, sit-ups, and push-ups, which. Easy stuff. The easy stuff, unless you're fat and out of shape like me. Just got to breathe. It's Yeah, breathing was the trouble. <laughs> and I'm I'm next to my buddy Brad Stinson. He's got some American flag silkies on, and he's making all kinds of comments. So I'm laughing and suffocating all at the same time. I don't know <laughs> if you've ever done that. And then I realized, too, when I was doing push-ups, I'm like, man, you know, back in the day, these were a lot easier. And back in the day, my stomach didn't touch the ground before my chest did. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> you know? So... But it was crazy, and, and Jocko made a really good um, analogy. You know, burpees are like life. You fall down, you get back up again. You fall down, you get back up again, which is true. You know, but mm-hmm. when you put that into that perspective, it is. It's a lot like life. You fall down, you slip, you make mistakes, then you get back up and you get running again. And chances are, if you're trying to he- trying to to experience any type of success, you're going to fall again. You know. I don't know any successful leaders that haven't been through life and made mistakes, haven't fallen down, slipped, got back up, and you continue the charge. Right. You know, so we did that, and then we went into the meetings again, which, man, I tell you what, a lot of those sessions, it's like, I'm going to miss the first day. Because most of what they're saying, you know, it's just regurgitation of something I've already heard. 
but you didn't want to miss a microsecond of this. There was 950 people there from six different countries that represented all 50 states as well. I mean, just imagine the the difference of people. And you had anywhere between people that were just in incredible shape to people that were in bad shape. You know, but nobody judged, nobody made any sly comments. The best thing is is the lunch, dude. Like they eat better at lunch than we do. Like we had the first day we had steak and chicken. The second day we had brisket and smoked turkey. Like you want to talk about it. You, it sounds like a deployment to me. <laughs> I don't know if are you talking about I mean, Whenever you'd go back to the chow hall on base from Mission, they'd, they'd have like lobster. Oh, really? Steak and potatoes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they beef would. you back up. Yep, it's nothing wrong. They'll with send that. you back out with some MREs for three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now we go back to sacrifice. That's kind of you know, it, I wouldn't consider anything we eat that bad. You know, I, I talked about one time of getting some MREs. You know, we have buddies that come in that are veterans, and and often we'll all do lunch together. And I talked about there was someone online selling MREs and just coming in and having six or seven of them and slamming them on the table and be like, all right, boys, let's eat. Yeah. But then I realized, they're like, no, nah, I've, I've read stories about that stuff online. I realized that they're not that great, and I probably wouldn't eat it anyway. get anyways. the Chili Mac. The Chili Mac, chili is that Mac the one to get? Oh, Does yeah. it come with a little Tabasco sauce thing? All of them come with Tabasco that, sauce. See, that's what I'm talking about. If if I you believe. can't if you can't stand it, just douse it with hot sauce. Doesn't matter what it is, right? Yep. So, but one thing I want to commend you on, and one thing that I think that everybody can take a lesson on, you know, you've always been able to navigate this ship without direction, without leadership. You know, you've kind of you've taken what they call or what Jocko and them refer to as as a decentralized command. You're able to direct the ship and steer it without the help of me standing behind you saying, "All right, little to the left, little to the right," you know. Yeah, I don't like micromanagement. That's uh, not my thing. I don't think we do micromanagement <laughs> here, do we? No, don't answer that. No. <laughs> no. I don't think uh, – micromanagement I think would be an extreme term to, to say what, what it is we do. But, I mean, we definitely have task lists and we got to go through and, and execute those things. Well, I was usually that soldier that's, that volunteered. Yeah. And I was like, hey, we need some volunteers. All right, I'm doing it. Pick me, pick me. I mean, yeah. would I regret it afterwards sometimes? Yes. But yeah. I still did it. Well, and, and I still the volunteer the next time. And you volunteer every time for this. You know, that's the the thing. You stay until the job is done. You know, and when it comes to something like that and when it comes to making decisions, you're resourceful. You're able to find out the information you need in order to figure out exactly the way the mission needs to be executed and you do it, you know. And that's something that I think all of us can take a note from or or take a lesson from is not everything in life is clear cut. But if we know mm. here's our goal – we can make the necessary decisions in order to get to where we need to be to execute that, you know, and that's what's important at the end of the day. Um, the muster, you know, that was one of those things where they demonstrated that over and over again. But one of the most impactful things, and, and I talked about this earlier, was the sacrifice that was made. You know, you sit there and you watch these people that are sitting up there and you watch these people that are talking and you realize that each one of them had lost somebody. You know, they had lost uh, someone they served with. There was uh, – Mark Lee's mom was there, which Mark Lee was the first Navy SEAL to get killed in combat in Iraq. She was there. And and you look at these people and, you know, we think about sacrifice and we think about the things we do in our life and how much, you know, oh, it sucks because I'm sitting in traffic and I'm late for work. Or, oh, dude, it sucks because um, I thought I was going to win this and I didn't. Or I thought I was going to get this award and somebody else got it. But then you realize there's people out there like Mark Lee's mom who lost their child. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And Jocko talks about when he was at the talk is is the what what you and you explained what that was to me. Explained to the people that are listening what that is. It's basically the command station, right? That's what it is. Okay, so so he's there and he takes this call or he calls her. I'm sorry. And her first question isn't, you know, how's my son? Her first question is, how's everybody else doing? You know, she knew. And that's the sad thing when you hear that, when you hear a person that's more concerned about the people that surround the people that she cares about than she is the person that she actually cares about. I'm not saying that she wasn't concerned with her son. She wanted to make sure of everybody else was. was okay. Yeah. And that, that amount of sacrifice, you know, no matter what it is we can lose on a day-to-day basis – to be able to stand tall after sacrifice like that is amazing, you know, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, this woman is going to to all the different events with these guys and letting people know. I mean, it's a very sad thing when you sit there and you realize that this person has lost a child, somebody they raised, you know, somebody that they, they brought up, um, and she's able to continue forward. You know, that shows a lot of courage and a lot of strength. And the biggest thing that I want to challenge everybody that's listening – is this. Stop and ask yourself, is the life you're living worth the sacrifice that people have made for you to continue to live that life? We live in a country that's free, a country that is protected by men and women on a day-to-day basis that make sure your house don't burn down. Don't burn down. Don't Make sure your house don't burn down. No, they, they make sure your house doesn't burn down. They make sure that if you're sick, you get medical attention. They make sure that if you're in trouble, they come to the rescue. They make sure that your first, second, third, fourth, fifth, 25th amendment is protected and that we're never in threat of a foreign enemy. You know, a lot of people say, and, and my brother made this comment one time, he would rather take the fight overseas to make sure that that type of evil is never seen in our country, that our family is never exposed to the type of evil that they see over there. And what people have to realize is there's truly evil people out there. That's one thing Jocko was talking about. He said, you know, you wouldn't believe it, but there's really – there's people that are just evil, you know, the things that they would do. And these men and women are making a sacrifice on a day-to-day basis to make sure that we're never exposed to those dangers because a lot of people, for one, could never handle it, you know. It takes a special kind of person to raise their right hand and take the oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America and to do so at any price. Life, death, doesn't matter. They're, right. they're willing to stand for that. And those are the people that we need to support. Those are the people that when we stop and we think of how unfortunate or less fortunate we are, we have to realize that there's somebody over there that's in 110-degree weather with full body armor on carrying a 65-pound rifle or 30-pound rifle. 65 was kind of exaggerated. But a 30-pound rifle with 600, 800, 1,000 rounds of ammunition to it, and they're not complaining. Imagine if they packed up their shit and decided that they just weren't going to continue their mission that day. No, they're complaining. You just can't hear it. They may be complaining, <laughs> but they keep trucking forward. Oh, yes, we I do. mean, but but that's the thing. The sacrifice is made. You know, they don't give a shit. Jocko and those guys were talking about the fact that these guys would come back. They'd leave with 1,000 rounds of ammunition and come back with 100, 200 rounds left. Like, that's a serious firefight. I mean, I go to the range. And I could not imagine unloading 800 rounds of ammunition at the time I'm at the range, leisurely shooting, let alone having to shoot for my life. When you got to suppress somebody with an AK-47, then you'll use up that much ammo. Yes, and that's that's the big thing. But we talk about that sacrifice. We talk about the people that are willing to stand in the way to make sure that their brothers and sisters never see harm. You know, there was, there was a story that was told. It was a story of Mikey Montsour 
and you know this was a gentleman that received the Medal of Honor. Um, he was hit in the chest with a grenade from an enemy insurgent on a different rooftop, and instead of him diving out of the way like he could have, he dove on top of the grenade. You know, that type of sacrifice is a sacrifice that these human beings are willing to make to make sure that our country and their brothers and sisters are safe. So once again, I want to reiterate the fact that if you're listening to this podcast, ask yourself, are you living the life that you want to live? Are you living a life worth sacrifice? Are you living a life that is worthy of people's sacrifice? And if not, you always have time to change that. That's the great thing about this country. You have some time to make adjustments and make change and do the things you need to do to get your life on track. So closing words. I mean, I dude, I know this hits home for you. I know that you've lost brothers and sisters. You know, you were a 10-year Army veteran, Cav Scout, Billy Badass, you know. <laughs> Come on, come with it if you got. Uh, if something. you have any regret, don't regret what you're doing today, tomorrow. Yeah, that's all I can say. So somebody that has it worse than you do, absolutely, and that's perspective. You know, every time we think something's bad when we're sitting in traffic, there's there's have you seen the little meme that goes around? There's a guy riding a bike, and next to that's a guy sitting at the at bus stop, and he's saying, "I wish I had a bike." And oh, then yeah. there's a guy that's sitting in a car, and he's looking at the guy at the bike, and he says, I wish I had a bike so he could see the scenery and everything. But uh, out of all those pictures, there's a guy in a wheelchair looking down at all of them, saying, I wish I could go anywhere I wanted to. It's all about perspective. So bear that in mind. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon.